Welcome back to another episode of In the End There's Always Disney God. You welcome back to another episode of this podcast. Um, in the end there's always a Disney God. You guys already know what to do. It ain't nothing new, nothing has changed. Um, but I'm gonna give y'all time to do what you guys know what you need to be doing. And if you don't know, let me know so I can tell you. But you should know what to do. And yeah, I'm going to give y'all time to do so. Okay. Are you guys ready? Today we're going to be reviewing Moon Knight episode number five. Um, I want to warn you guys, this will contain full spoilers of its episode. So yeah, let's get in let's let's get into it. It feels too soon to fully mourn Stephen, who apparently who appears to fully pelish. I mean, to okay, let me start because I can't believe I said that. But it feels too soon to fully mourn Stephen, who appears to fully perish in the sands of the duot at the end. Since an actual personality seems like something that can be brought back, still, given this, Stephen was not only gifted with the hero's exit, saving Mark from the ghouls trying to claim his soul. But now that he knows he's not real or not the main identity, it kind of it's kind of like a big bong exit. The final parts of Asylum focused on him learning the truth and how he even got to appear as himself to Dr. Haro um, during a moment when the psych ward finally revealed itself as Mark's own mental construct. Actually urged the two identities to reconcile um to reconcile the truth, if it's the end, it very it is very much earned. Um, the asylum covered a, a a lot rather beautifully. The combination of hospital duet setting allowed for it, it to feel bizarre enough to fit with the rest of the series, while also portraying an embattled mind seeking both shelter and relief. The use of Tourette 2, an observed guide who allowed for exposition and a lot of counterbalance, helped coat everything in an appropriate shades of delightful dreamness. The most surpassing flashback here, since we'd been told what happened already, 
may have been Mark's actual first meeting with Kenoshu. It still worked, however, because it showed us a new key detail that Mark was about to take his own life. This was a tortured Mark at the end of his rope. Desperate to end the pain, there also may be more context to the scene still to come since we're never shown Rao B- B- uh, Bushman, which is curious even though not using Moon Knight's most famous villain was intentional. But even if there isn't more to mine here, the psycho- the psychological point was devastating. After a confused, scarred life, Mark was done. And Kenoshu saw an opportunity. Mark Mark's years as Moon Knight only added to his despair. His extended he, he extended his life, but it never quelled him self-loathing. Funny enough, murdering dozens of people, including a guy in a wheelchair, didn't make his heart sore. This retroactively shed a new light on his on his promise to vanish once Layla was safe. He was willing to just bury himself away and let Steven take control. Moon Knight took a beautifully do- detour with Asylum, cleverly covering a lot of ground and answering most questions about Mark's life up until now. Feeling like a big exhale despite the fact that Haro's sister sinister plan was hatching off screen, Steven learned the awful truth about his situation, making for the most making for the most skillfully sad and satisfying moments of the series to date. This episode five uh, review score was nine again. Amazing, which is awesome. Um, And yeah, I hope you enjoyed this review of Moon Knight. Um, you guys already know what to do. It ain't nothing new. Nothing has changed. If you don't know, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And yeah, you guys, it's nothing has changed. It's still the same. You guys already know what to do. And yeah, let's, I mean, bye guys. I can't believe I said let's. I can't, I, I have forgot for a second, but yeah, bye guys.